0: Hey, welcome to Grace Online. My name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor of Grace Free Church. I'm pumped that you're here. And if you are part of our online location, you are part of Grace Free Church in every way, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you have more questions about our church or want to know more information about the incredible programming we have for you and your family and your friends, or if you just need prayer, our team is here to serve you. And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, to get the full grace online experience jump over to our actual grace online location It's found at www.gracefreechurch.live on this page you're going to find links to our state-of-the-art kids content you just click the kids link and we have absolutely incredible content to help them grow and be encouraged and learn more about jesus And by the way, before we get started, hit the connect button. It's our main way of communicating with you about all of the incredible things that are coming up with Grace Free Church. I don't want you to miss out on anything. We're here for you and we have amazing stuff for you. And the way to learn about that is through the connect link on this page. I hope you're ready for an awesome worship service. God's going to do some absolute incredible stuff. Jump in the chat. You can connect with people through there. I'm pumped for the worship. I'm pumped for the message that's going to come this morning and, uh, or whenever you're watching it. So let's get ready to worship together.
1: Of the shadow of death Your perfect love is casting out fear And even when I'm gone, In the middle of the storms of this life I won't turn back, I know you are near And I will fear no evil For my God is with God is with a light that is coming for a heart that holds on a glorious light beyond all compare. and there will be an end to these troubles but until that day comes we'll live to know you're here on the earth and i will fear no
2: You were the word at the beginning.
0: 11 o'clock, so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us this morning. Got another message in this series, uh, Mind the Gap, paying attention to the space between our ears a little bit more, a space we don't often think about, our thoughts. And uh, I hope that this morning is an encouragement to you, uh, especially if you've had a troubled mind or heart recently or you love somebody that does. And so I just want to pray before we start this message and um, jump right into this this morning. Lots of stuff going on at Grace Free Church. And uh, yeah, let me just pray. Dear God, we thank you so much that we can gather in this space and just kind of take our eyes off of ourselves for a minute. Put some pause into our crazy and busy schedules and gather together in community, we know that you created us to thrive in community, and to just kind of like lift our eyes up towards you and worship you. You know our hearts, you know what each of us roll in here with. Some of us, maybe things have been awesome and others, we've been pretty troubled. I just pray that you would do what only you can do, which is meet each of us where we are and call us to something greater. And uh, please help the Phillies, too, because we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't care if you don't like that. (laughs) If you're a Houston fan, or someone posing as a Houston fan, you can pray all you want. I'm just going to pray more. (laughs) Man, we are into this series, Mind the Gap, paying attention to our thoughts, thinking about how we think. It's an area of our lives that can easily trip us up, and it's cause, it's like the space that that provides the most potential for us to experience pain or to have prolonged pain. We don't pay attention to our thinking, yet Scripture says a lot about it, and In this series, what we've been doing is like we've been kind of like stepping back from all of the to-do stuff and all the what-was-done stuff to pay attention to that space between our ears and to ask, like, not what does Josh say about how we should think, because Josh struggles enough with how he should think. What does God kind of say about how we should think? What does he say about our minds? It's such a powerful part of our lives. It's such a driving force in our experience. Your thoughts are leading you somewhere. That's a scary thing. And so it's good for us to kind of step back and say, okay, if my thoughts are jacked up, what does God say about my thoughts? If my thoughts have not been good or healthy, what does God say about how I'm thinking? Is there a better path forward for that space between my ears? And uh, first week we talked about taking down strongholds, lies that we... treat as if they are true, that have been reinforced by our enemy, by our past, by all sorts of things, and replacing those lies with truth. And we find so much truth in God's word that's helpful. Like if you're believing a lie that you are unlovable, well, God's truth, that he loves you as you are so much, that his love is unconditional, man, that really helps. If you feel like you're believing a lie that I'm always going to be alone, never going to have somebody, I'm just always going to be alone. No, that that truth from Scripture that God is close to the brokenhearted, that he won't leave you or forsake you, that's such an powerful thing. Week two, we talked about how you get stuck on what you stay on. What you're thinking on most is what you get stuck on. And this passage in Isaiah 26 is so incredible. It says he, he gives perfect peace to those whose minds are stayed on him. So we talked about how to stay our minds on God. Not not on our circumstance, not get stuck in our circumstances, not get stuck in some faulty thinking. How can we pop out and keep our minds stayed on who God is? Who God is is so powerful. Do you know this God you believe in? Like, if you're struggling because somebody changed in life, they were there for you and then they weren't. They broke a promise. Man, it's so powerful to know that God is unchanging, If you've been hurt or betrayed or suffering some injustice, it's so helpful to know that God's character is he is just. He sees it all. He carries it all. If you're just sunk by some guilt or shame from your past, isn't it so encouraging to know that God is a merciful God, that he is patient with us? You see, God's character, man, it just is so good And when we can focus in on who God is and learn about God and the character of God, it's so good for our minds and our hearts. And it brings about peace. It can bring about perfect peace. And we talked about how uh, to have a guarded mind and um, experience the peace that surpasses understanding And how often our minds drift towards the negative and we pick out the negative. And when you're living in the negative, when you're picking out the negative, Proverbs says that it's crushing your spirit. You focus only on the negative in your kid, you're crushing your kid's spirit. Only the negative with your spouse, you're crushing their spirit and how we need to make a new list. The Bible says, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is holy. Think about those things. Think about those things. Make a new list. What's the good God has been doing around you or in you that you haven't been paying attention to because you've been so focused on the negative? What's the good He has blessed you with from that person that has been frustrating you to no end for the last month? What's some good stuff? Make a new List and think about those things. Last week we talked about that there's no neutral space in life. There's no passive middle where you just get to sit and avoid conflict and avoid that difficult situation, avoid saying sorry, avoid taking responsibility. I wish that space existed. I'm trying to find it all the time. It's not there because what's happening is I'm either conforming or transforming. One of two paths and just by sitting still means I'm conforming to a pattern of this world, a system that is broken that tells me i got to be somebody to be loved. i got to do some stuff to have recognition. i got to be important in the eyes of other people. i got to look like other people to feel welcome and accepted. And we follow this broken system of the world that just leads to brokenness in us. On the other hand, God wants to transform you by renewing your mind how you think. And today, we're talking about a troubled mind. (laughs) I just wanna read to you kind of like a little bit of an anchor passage in the story of Elijah. Elijah is a prophet of God during a very difficult time where the king of Israel, Ahab and Jezebel have just like taken it way sideways. Everybody is worshiping these false gods, Baal and Asherah, And I don't have time to get into it all, but it's like a, it's twisted. Like, it's, the stuff that was involved in the worship of these fake and false gods is twisted, jacked up stuff. Everybody's like, hook, line, and sinker for this messed up system. It's causing all kinds of chaos. God has still been pursuing his people. He's been warning them. And Elijah will step into this picture in a pretty epic way. But let me just read this, these verses. It might catch you off guard. And, and by the way, we are not going to have time to get into this whole story. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. I would highly recommend you going and reading it and checking it out on your own. But, but I want to focus on this little part. Ready? Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. This is the hero of the story. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once the angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank And strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night. Sounds like a thrilling start, our hero introduced here in epic fashion in these moments. The worst of Elijah's story here, the most difficult, the most troubling part for him, it's just right here on this sheet in this passage for us to kind of look into what's going on in his heart. And man, is his heart troubled. Sometimes I'm pretty good at finding trouble, but other times you can do everything right and trouble still finds you. You could just be going through life, doing the best you can, making the right decisions, trying to follow God, showing up to church at 11 o'clock a little bit late because just, that's just how we roll at 11 o'clock you know, singing the worship songs, doing the right stuff, trying to apply whatever's going on, whatever God's telling you to apply. Sometimes you can do the right stuff and trouble still finds you and lingers. It lingers in this space. Have you ever experienced that? that? That kind of trouble that lingers in life and it settles in and all of a sudden you find it stealing from you? That, that person made a post that sort of maybe might be about you, and you took it really personal, and then all of a sudden, it did just ruin, ruin a moment, but it ruined like an hour or a day or a week. You got into that one fight, and then it's just been consuming. Like You just keep circling around it day after day. Every conversation kind of seems circles around it. That thing that happened to you, it just, man, it, it was really hard, and it would hurt, and it was difficult to walk through and you just keep rehearsing it and thinking like what could I have done different or maybe I should have said this this way or done this this way and maybe I would not have happened or maybe they wouldn't be mad at me or maybe things would be better you're walking on eggshells in your own mind you ever experience how sometimes you could do everything right say everything right be everything right do it all like Elijah had been doing and trouble still finds you and lingers Now, I think it lingers in my mind for a couple of reasons. One, our brains are wired with this beautiful design from God, this little amygdala in our brain that triggers this response called fight or flight, right? It's like a gift from God to protect us from lions, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or whatever. You see, what happens when I experience trouble, that little thing, even if the trouble doesn't deserve it, it, starts firing off and kind of preparing me to either run and get out of this situation or to buckle in and dig in and, and fight. And not only that, but the thoughts I have, are, are, I'm not supposed to follow my thoughts. My thoughts aren't always right. My thoughts aren't always true. They start taking this message from my system and it starts just creating this. I, I, I get stuck. I get stuck. The trouble, it just doesn't come and go. It lingers. I constantly have people asking me, why do you let that take up so much room in your brain? It's not like I want it to. Just let it linger. And what if there was like something better to do when our hearts and minds are troubled than just falling victim to the direction the trouble triggers in our thoughts? Elijah had been doing it all right. I mean, man. So I, I can't give you the whole story, but here's like some of the backstory. Like Elijah had come into the scene and called everybody to turn back to God and they hadn't they said like famine's coming and it had not rained for a really long time and food was sparse and water was nowhere to be found and so Elijah's the situation has settled here. Into this circumstance this is an extremely difficult one, and everybody's blaming Elijah, the prophet of God, all the other prophets of God. They've been hunting after them and killing them, and there's a king Ahab and a queen Jezebel, and they are after Elijah because they are blaming it all on him that they don't have water. Ignoring the call from God to turn back to him, ignoring all of the, all of the, the, the opportunities that God had provided for them to kind of turn from these false gods and turn back to the true God. And, and they're just blaming Elijah. Elijah has this moment where he comes, and I'm just gonna read a little bit. He, he confronts the king. That's a big deal. The king's been hunting you. He's been after you. He has sent word, like, I'm coming to meet King Ahab. All of a sudden, this courageous man making this, like, I'm just gonna confront The obstacle in front of me. That's awesome. He says, I've not made this trouble for Israel, King Ahab, but you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and followed the Baals. Now summon all the people all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 450 prophets, or the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab gets word Israel, all Israel, throughout all of Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah goes up there and now with the whole nation in front of him, this is so courageous. He says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And the people said nothing. I mean, that's some pretty brave stuff. Like standing up, in front of a threat or an obstacle to you, having the courage to speak that truth to power, that's like courageous. I want to like golf clap him out. Like, but that's not even where it ends. I don't know if you know the story, but Elijah, he's, he gets these prophets of Baal and share up there and he says like, let's do this, all right, you got nothing to say? These two paths right in front of you, nothing to say, let's put it to the desk. How about you set up an altar and we'll bring two bulls up and we'll sacrifice a bull. We'll, we'll each have an altar. You make an altar to Baal and Asherah. I'll make an altar to the true God. We'll see which altar, which one, which one is real. So he, he brings them up and all 450 plus 400. They, they gather around this altar and they um, cut up this bull and they put this bull on this altar and they start dancing around. And Elijah had to be like a Philadelphia fan. Like, he had to be, because he just starts taunting them, like, right away. You know, like, they're dancing around. He's like, yeah, maybe, hey, maybe dance harder. <laughs> Maybe you're not dancing hard enough. Dance a little bit harder. They're like, yeah, right, let's get it. Dancing hard around the thing. Nothing's happening. You know, nothing's going on. They're calling out to Baal and Shara, like to send fire down and light this altar up. Nothing's happening. They start like, it it gets really kind of crazy and dark. They're like ripping their clothes and hurting themselves and Elijah's taunting them. And all day they like exhaust themselves trying to get a false god to Jump. Maybe you've been exhausting yourself trying to get a false god to jump and fill your heart. Elijah, he, sorry, enough, enough of that, but before I pray to my god, I want you to bring up this water and dump it all. they just bring up these jugs right like of water, and they dump it all over this altar and all over the bowl and they had built a trench around elijah 's altar, and that trench it was so wet that that trench filled up with water. Elijah praised this amazing prayer, and like i 'm i 'm making this so simplistic for time 's sake, like he, he praised this amazing prayer, and right there in front of Israel in front of all the prophets in front of. King, God sends fire from heaven, consumes the bull. It's so hot that it completely dries all the water in the trench built around. Like, man, how epic is that? He had the courage to stand, and then in this crazy, like, place in front of everybody. He has his prayers like literally could not be answered in any more epic fashion right here in front of everybody. That would be an epic end, but that's not even where the story ends. Because he's like, hey, all right, everybody, this is the true God. That that God's so Empty and meaningless, and nothing you're following, nothing. And by the way, round up all of the prophets, bring them all down there. And like, I don't know how to make this less than R rated. Like, they just slot, you just wipe them out. Like, all of the prophets, all of the teachers of these false gods that have been leading them, they just like they're just obliterated from the planet. You got it? Like, epic win, Elijah goes up on the mountain. This is one chapter of the Bible. Elijah goes up on the mountain and he starts praying to God for rain. Prays a bunch of times. some significance in the numbers, but we don't have time for like that this morning. He's praying and then like, he sees a cloud far off. He tells Ahab, bro, like, you better get your chariot ready because it's about to rain so hard, you're not gonna make it home. And uh, this little cloud it starts growing. They hadn't seen rain in forever. Growing, 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 growing. It starts raining. Ahab's racing back to Jezreel, this little town where he's going, like where's center of his kingdom? Jezebel, his wife, is there, right? Like he's he's heading back, and, and Elijah sprints. Past the horse chariot. Like just boom. how epic of a story. Man, I mean, this is like the hero. It couldn't be any greater. He 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 has this amazing moment where he has this courage to stand up in front of all these people. God answers his prayer right in front of him, lighting this altar on fire. He defeats all of his enemies in like one big moment and then out sprints a horse. He gets back. Ahab is like, hey, honey. Not to Elijah, to his wife. He's like, you'll never guess what happened today. Um, Cool story. Well, I guess it's not really cool for us, but here's the story. (laughs) You know that Elijah dude who we were like really mad at and I was trying to kill? and we've been blaming all this rain on him, he came up to the mountain, like had all of our prophets up there, wiped them all out, they couldn't do anything, called fire down from heaven, lit up the whole altar, went up on the mountain, told me there was a cloud coming, and it was about to rain, and if, it, if I didn't get going, I wasn't even gonna make it home, Like and then it just, it just rained. Like, it's a crazy story. Jezebel is so mad. After all this, she says, May the, she sent a message to Elijah that says, may the gods deal with me be it ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I don't make your life like one of them. One sentence after all that, and he goes crumbling. Listen, I don't know if your life is mostly winds and some trauma, or mostly trauma and some wins. I don't know what your life was looking like, but Elijah had been through some really intense, difficult stuff. He had a lot of wins, and he had a lot of drama, but right here in this moment, after all the victories, after everything incredible that he had just been a part of, instead of feeling so confident, when that next one-line threat comes, he crumbles to pieces. Have you ever been in that space where you're like, I don't know why this is affecting me so much. How could that one sentence from that person at work just steal so much from me? Why am I still thinking about it? Why are my thoughts so focused on that one sentence and he goes crumbling and running? Listen, Trouble affects us. And I don't know why, if you have a troubled mind or heart, church seems to be a place where we feel like we have to hide that, put on a smile, sound spiritual, act like everything is going good. This is not that place. The Bible is filled with people just like you. This room is filled with people just like you. And if you are someone who has been suffering because your mind has been troubled, your mind has been troubled with fear or with anxiety, sadness or depression, life has felt difficult to walk through lately, you've been confused and uncertain, you're, you're not feeling confident. You wish you could just run and hide and hold. You have to know you're not alone. God never intended for us to hide those deep things we have been going through that for some reason or not, or not make us feel ashamed Listen, you are not alone if you have a troubled heart. You are not alone if you have a troubled mind. Jeremiah was called the, like, the, the depressed, like the crying prophet. Like, his story is one just of depression after chapter of depression after chapter of depression after chapter of depression. Jonah was kind of like a real jerk and bitter and angry all the time. Moses struggled with great insecurity and fear and thought he was, Gideon thought he was the lowest person in his country. Like the last pick, not just in his family, like the last pick in the entire country. Paul pleaded with God, take this thorn away from me. I can't deal with this pain in my heart and this problem with my mind. Like three times just begging and begging. He had to learn that God's sufficient in his weakness. Like, you're not alone. Elijah experienced this incredible stuff. And with one sentence, it came all crashing down. And next thing you know, he's under some bush, isolating himself, praying that he would die. There's... People in this room, church, maybe even in your homes that have been saying similar things to God in the quiet of their own hearts and heads. There have been times in my life where I have said similar prayers to God. You don't have to pretend. Being more spiritual doesn't mean you won't ever experience this kind of deep, hard trouble. So Elijah runs, he just runs. And what I love so much about this story is as he runs and is sinking fast mentally and spiritually and in his heart. As he's walking through this really dark valley, no perspective on what God has done and no hope for the future. As he's walking through it, God is just pursuing him with his goodness his love and his mercy. That's the end of Psalm 23, the most powerful psalm there is, you know that? Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Wherever you go, Whatever you're walking through, whatever darkness you've been keeping secret from everybody around you, he is running after you and pursuing you, not with a lecture, not with a should have been more spiritual and you wouldn't have crumbled like this. If you only knew more Bible verses, this wouldn't be happening to you. If you only showed up to church more, you wouldn't deal with this kind of sadness. If you only got all these, not with that junk, with his goodness and his mercy After he prays, like, just take my life, he lays down under a bush and falls asleep. And all at once, the angel touches him and says, get up and eat. He looks around and there by his head was some bread and baked over hot coals and and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and he laid down like God was just taking care of him. Every step of the way, he takes another little nap. By the way, which is a super spiritual thing to do. And the angel wakes him up again and says, Listen, I know this, is, this journey, this trip you're on, running to Horeb, this trip you're on is too much for you. Eat and drink. It's just God cares so much. If you're in that darkness, if you're feeling troubled, if you're running from God... You can count on this, no matter how it feels or look or how hopeless it seems, God has been pursuing you with his goodness, with his love, with his mercy. Some of y'all need to memorize Psalm 34, 17 to 20, just because it should become a cry of your heart and a promise you cling to. It says, the righteous cry out, Even righteous cry out. And the Lord hears them and he delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's close to you. It might not feel it. It might feel rather dark, but he is is pursuing you because he loves you he is close to you i got just a couple of things if you're that i pulled from this passage that if you're if you're dealing with trouble i want i want to offer you some practical help so here's just a couple of things to wrap this real fast if you're if you're troubled or you know somebody's troubled, maybe this will help like first stop isolating yourselves It amazes me how good we are at isolating ourselves. Some of you have been isolating yourselves even though you sit in a room with all of these people. You just won't let anybody really in. Won't let anybody really see what you're going through. Isn't it crazy that the first Big mistake Elijah made as he was running in the wrong direction. It was to leave his servant behind. He just is, I can't be around. I can't let anybody see this part of me. I can't let anybody hear this part. I just got to do it on my own. I got to be by myself. No, you don't. That's not how you were created to live. In Genesis, the very beginning, God said it's not good for man to be alone. Corinthians filled the passage about how we are one part in a body made to function together. You need people. If you're troubled, you don't have to pretend. You don't have to take on shame or guilt or feel like you're broken. Don't isolate yourself. You gotta find somebody who you trust that you love to let into the dark spaces of your mind and your heart. You can trust some people. You can open up and find Maybe that you're not so different. Maybe that there are people that'll walk alongside you without judging you. Maybe there is somebody you can call and talk to about anything. And if you don't have any of those people in your regular circle, we'll be those people. We'll be your circle. Don't isolate yourself. Number two, focus on just taking care of yourself physically to start. God's design is beautiful, it's all connected, man, right? And like, when I'm depressed or sad, I just wanna sleep and not eat. Or, I wanna not sleep and eat everything. You with me, anybody with me out there? I can do both like a champ. I'll sleep all day and not touch a thing to eat, and I'll also eat all the ice cream in the store and never sleep. Like, I don't know why I gotta pick one extreme or the other. Like, isn't it so cool that God just comes alongside Elijah and feeds him? Like, that's why we, like, we'll show up with, with casseroles. By the way, church casseroles almost always, to a T, have cream of mushroom soup somewhere in it. <laughs> why is that a thing in church? Why do we gotta put cream of mushroom soup in every church casserole there is? Like, taking God just, <laughs> that was free. God just meets him, gives him nap time, and lets him, t- feeds him. Like, I find myself over and over saying when I'm talking to people that are really struggling, like, before we talk about the God thing, are you sleeping? Did you get some sleep? What did you eat today? Like, God just, Meets Elijah. He takes care of his physical needs. And give yourself some time and space. It's okay to not be okay. You've got to fix it all right now. There's no like magic wand that's going to make it all better. No Bible verse that if you just memorize this one Bible verse, you're never going to have trouble. Jesus said you're going to have trouble. That's one of the Bible verses. Give yourself some time. Space and grace. 40 days. days—it's a long walk in the wrong direction. 40 days before God ever spoke to him and gave him something to do besides eat and rest. 40 days before any kind of spiritual instruction came. 40 days before any kind of direction for his circumstances. Give yourself some time, space and grace. Elijah wasn't doing much for 40 days except walking. But maybe that's all he needed to do. Maybe that's such an intense experience, such trauma stacked on top of it, like such an incredibly crazy ride his last couple years had been. He just needed some time and space to let God heal him. I I tell people that are coming to church, I always want to know, like, what should we do? It's great to get involved. It's a really good way to not isolate yourself because you all know you come in here and leave and talk to two people, but you didn't really talk to two people, right? Like, hey, how's church? Songs were good, sermon stunk. That's not like really talking to two people, right? Like, I tell people, like, it's good if you're isolated to, to join a group. Sunday morning's not enough. Serve. You're going to find great joy in healing and serving. But sometimes, you just if you've been beat up, you just need to come and sit in the right space and not do anything. Just be loved on a little, cared for a little. There's such power in that. Fourth and fifth, I think Elijah does this pretty good. Be still and know that he is God Psalm 46.10, and let him fight your battles. Exodus 14.14, Psalm 16.8. I don't have time to read those verses, but if you jot them down, they'll make a great read later. Be still and know. You see, what happens here at the end of it is Elijah crawls up into this cave and uh, spends the night, and the next morning, the word of the Lord comes to him. God speaks to him and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Not until now. 40 days, what are you doing here? He replies, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israels rejected your covenant. They, they tore down your altars and put up prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. He just wiped out So It's like... Zoom out a little bit, Elijah. You see, when you isolate yourself, your problems get worse. Your the, the, they seem larger than they are, and hope and help seem lost. Like, zoom out a little bit, Elijah. But God lets them just share this stuff. Like, the Lord says, "Go, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by." What Elijah needed was to know the presence of this God who is close to the brokenhearted. Elijah goes out and says, a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. That seems kind of angry to me, like an angry storm, an angry wind. But it says, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Talk about shaking it up. Nobody on the dad joke right there. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave, God's voice in a gentle whisper. What are you doing here? Elijah replies with the same thing he said before, and the Lord says, go back the way you came. You're gonna appoint these two people as kings, and I'm bringing Elisha to be the next prophet for you. You see, like, Elijah's thoughts we're trying to write the end of his story. But God had such a better ending than Elijah could have ever realized. God had everything he needed in place. New kings. His opposition removed. A new prophet to walk alongside him and carry some of the weight as he transitioned out to rest God had everything he needed and he was writing the end of his story. Where have your thoughts been leading you? And could you instead choose to trust God to write the end of your story? Maybe you've been dealing with some trouble. Zoom out, slow down. Let God fight for you. He's got a better plan than you ever could have come up with yourself. Be patient, gentle with yourself. Give yourself some grace In time, just find small ways to start taking care of yourself and listen for the voice of God. He is pursuing you with his goodness and mercy. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for such a amazing story of Elijah. Thank you so much that You didn't scrub scripture to look prettier than real life. That you tell the story of those we call heroes so transparently, letting us see into their hearts and souls. I pray if someone's been troubled in their hearts and their minds that they would know they are not alone so many of us have walked through or are walking through those same kind of things and that even more importantly that your presence walks with us thank you for jesus the blood he shed to make us new the empty tomb sealing our hope we ask all this in his name amen
3: good morning grace family and friends we are so glad you have joined us to worship at our online campus I want to take a moment and talk a bit about why we as a church encourage giving. Did you know that giving is considered an act of worship? It's true. Paul addressed the Philippian church on this very thing. In Ephesians four eighteen through 19, Paul states, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, Paul, of course, is referring to their offerings here. Paul continues, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Paul used these gifts to further the mission of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And just like Paul, our mission at Grace Free Church is to share this good news throughout Schuylkill County. We want you to be a part of this mission as well. By partnering with us, we can reach the people of Schuylkill County. In fact. We can't do it without you. You may be thinking, how do I partner with Grace Free Church? Well, one way is through giving. We made this partnership process very simple. In fact, we have several methods to assist you in joining this mission. You can mail your gift to the church, you can text your gift to 570-528-2060, or you can give online by clicking the Give Online button on this page. The Give Online button also has a recurring giving option, which is a great way to schedule your gift giving. We appreciate you and are excited to see what God has in store for this church.
2: i've been held in your hands from the moment that i wake up until i lay my head i will sing of the goodness of god
1: Could carry that kind of weight. It was my doom, yeah, till I met you. I was breathing.